0: <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor.
1: Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Due to the length of both programs tonight, I have little time to share some comments except to say at the half hour, we'll feature Harold Perry, a familiar voice of the great Gildersleeve show, but this time round he's an employee of a radio station with his own talk show. And to begin the entertainment tonight, we turn to the program Let George Do It and the story of 42 on a Rope.
2: The makers of Chevron Supreme gasoline and RPM compounded motor oil invite you to Let George Do It. Adventures of George Valentine, brought to you on behalf of Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West. <laughs> Tonight's adventure begins as George, feeling very safe after making a special trip downtown to pay the premium on his accident policy, walks briskly down an isolated street to where he has parked his car. Suddenly, from the open stairway of a building, a cascade of small round pellets bounces to the pavement, followed closely by a young woman in great haste. There is a collision, and George hits the sidewalk with the force of a blockbuster. Are you hurt? Oh. You don't have an extra sacroiliac on you.
3: Can you get up?
2: I, I think so. Well,
3: then, do you mind?
2: Do I mind what?
3: Getting up off the pavement.
2: Well, if I'm in your way, couldn't I just slide over?
3: You're lying on my
2: pearls. Pearls? Oh, good. I thought those lumps were misplaced vertebrae. No. Oh. Hey, uh. Oh,
3: thank you. Now, let me see. That makes 32, 33, 4.
2: Yeah, here's a few in the gutter.
3: Oh, good. Yes, 35. Thirty-six, thirty-seven. Hey, have
2: you seen any teeth down there? They're mine.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. You fell down. Thirty-eight,
2: thirty-nine. Oh, here's one of my trouser cups.
3: Thanks. Forty. Oh, I see you, you little rascal. Forty-one. Forty-one. Forty-one.
2: Lots of forty-ones, aren't there?
3: I've lost one. Forty-two. I've lost one. Oh, good Lord. What'll I do now? They'll kill me for this. Oh,
2: come now, lady. Where is it?
3: Where is it? There were forty-two of them. What have you done with
2: it? Uh, well, I, I'm afraid I've kicked it down that sewer drain.
3: What? Well, you kicked my pearl down the... Where? I don't see it.
2: Over oh, there, see? Here. Through the grating. Oh, were well, you lucky? You landed right in that Sunday cup.
3: Oh, I see it. Oh, yes, there it is. Oh, thank heaven. But how did we get it out of there?
2: Well, it's a very delicate engineering problem. I need a long stick and, uh, and a chewing gum if you're through with it. Here. Thanks. Now, well, let's see. That's lucky. Here's a stick. Let's try to it.
3: Uh-huh. Can you reach it?
2: Mm, no. No, not long enough. You know, that's quite a drop down there. Oh,
3: good Lord, if anything happens to that pearl...
2: Well, I hate to do this, but...
3: Are you going down there?
2: Uh, huh? Here, hold my coat, will you, lady? All right. There's a ladder in here.
3: Don't fall down and hurt the pearl.
2: Oh, thanks a lot. I'll be careful. Uh Uh-huh, got it.
3: Give it to me, quickly.
2: All right. Catch. Oh, Ah, nice one. Thanks. Hey, wait a minute! What are you doing? Thanks
3: a ladder? lot, Has. You've been very helpful. Hey, what is this?
2: Put that ladder
3: back. <laughs> the least we can do is leave things like we find them.
2: Hey, come back here! You, what's the matter with Don't you? Don't
3: worry, lover. A heavy rain ought to approach you right up to the top. Sorry, I just can't stand saying goodbye or answering questions. Well, I'll be. Hey, help! <laughs>
2: Something for you, sir? Uh, yeah, yeah, this looks like the right place. Are you Mr. Zaghetti? To be precise, Bela Zaghetti. I am he. Oh, Mr. Zaghetti, I can see by the layout here you're a jeweler. Now, I wonder if... To be uh... precise, I am
4: not a jeweler. I manufacture artificial gems. Uh, To put it this way,
2: I do my small part to brighten the lives of those who otherwise are not very bright. Is this exact? Yeah, Probably. what I want to know is, have you recently brightened the life of a young lady with a string of artificial pearls? To be precise, a blonde, Miss Dale Quillen. Yeah, that's right. I saw her coming out of this building, and I thought that... A uh... beautiful job. Smooth and pink and utterly perfect. Yes, she was. To correct myself, I refer to the string of matched imitation pearls. Ah. Pink ones. Forty-two on a rope. She was pretty particular about the specifications. Oh, yes. They were a duplication of... But if
5: I may ask you a question, sure, of course. Uh, to put the question in this way, why do you ask these questions?
2: Well, I, uh, I admired her set. I was interested in buying it, but she wouldn't sell. I wondered if you could arrange for me to have a duplicate set. Oh, it would take many months. How much would it cost? It, uh, to be precise, three hundred dollars. <laughs> Well, that's a little too precise. She told me you made hers for 200 But no, it was the same. The price is no different. Oh, well, maybe I misunderstood. But I'd like to check. Not that I distrust but no, you. there is no doubt. I am an honorable man. Please, verify this. Yeah, I'll do that. If you'd like to give me her address. But, of course, I have a record of my sales. You will find out. That's all I want, Mr. Segetti. I just want to find out. <laughs>
6: George, anybody who'd go down into a sewer pipe after a blonde deserves everything. Oh, else.
2: now, listen, Brooksy, I didn't follow her into the sewer. I was doing my good deed for the day, and she ran off with my coat and wallet.
6: Hmm. What were you looking for, a merit badge? Oh,
2: now, Brooksy, listen.
6: Well, it's a nice way to meet a girl, I must say. Sprawls senseless in the gutter. And all she has to do is blink those big brown eyes blue and... Blue eyes. Blue eyes. And you go scurrying down the drain pipe like a... Like a... Rat. Rat. Thank you. And then because you're caught in your own trap...
2: Well, that'll teach me to keep my trap shut.
6: You come cringing back to me like a... Like a... puppy. Puppy. And you expect me to feel sorry for you. So she jilted you. Good for her. What were you trying to prove anyway?
2: Well, I guess I was just trying to prove I was willing to start at the bottom and work up. Brooksy. What? You're not mad.
6: Oh, George, of course not. But I hate to see a woman make a fool out of a man like you... Another woman, that is.
2: Well, don't you worry. I'm going to prove to her I'm nobody's fool.
6: I know you're not, darling. Yet. Huh? But I'm working on it.
2: Hey, wait a minute. Here we are.
6: Yeah, you're right. There's the number. 7 seven, uh-oh.
2: Oh. Uh-oh, that's right.
6: Sure you want me to come along?
2: Unless you're afraid of the competition.
6: What? Oh, aren't you smug. Lead on, Macduff. Yeah, here's her name on the box Miss Dale Quillen I'd like to give her
2: a piece of my mind Now, Brooksy, let me do the talking Yeah? Miss Dale Quillen? You're kidding? I mean, I mean she means Is Dale Quillen at home? You're kidding? Well
6: Is he kidding?
2: Well, someone is Hey, did you get a look at that house?
6: What, through that solid wall of muscle? Well,
2: the place is a wreck Furniture turned over, paper scattered on the floor
6: Poor housekeeper
4: as well as a crook What are you going to do?
2: What is this, a gag? Um, we've decided to wait.
4: What are you, a mad character or something?
6: Blow. Oh, come off it now, handsome. Anybody can see you've got a heart as big as all
4: outdoors. Yeah? Then stay outdoors. Hey, character, get your foot out of the door or I'll chop it off.
6: You know, you could be a lot of company for us while we're waiting. Yes,
4: sir. A lot of company. Yeah? Give me your address and I'll drop you a postcard. If you want it any clearer, I'll step outside. Come on, I dare you. Take it easy, Claire. I warned you, Joker. Oh. Uh, let
7: him go, Nubbin. You're too quick with the fist. We're uh, all friends now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great little equalizer you got there.
7: It is small, but persuasive. Bring him in, Nubbin. I think we have interesting common. Come on, In one piece, Nubbin. Perhaps you can take him apart later. Inside, kidder. Easy. Yes, Nubbin is just a big, playful child. He loves to take things apart, but he has never quite learned how to put them together again. Now, shall we talk?
2: We'll return to tonight's adventure of George Valentine in just a moment. Meanwhile, let's go from assault and battery to just plain battery. For thousands of Western motorists, October means a lot of weekend driving, like football games and hunting trips. But for the battery in your car, October means extra work and power drainage because of the colder weather and lots of stop-and-go driving. So let me give you a two-way economy tip. First, depend on the man at your standard station or independent Chevron gas station for periodic battery checkups. They have all the equipment and know-how for keeping up your battery's maximum power and for giving it longer life. Second, when you fill up your tank, ask for Chevron Supreme gasoline. Tailor-made for each different climate and altitude zone, high-octane Chevron Supreme assures instant starts, eliminates grinding on the starter, and drain on the battery. So for definite battery economy in colder weather, just remember regular battery checkups at any Chevron gas station or standard station and Chevron Supreme gasoline. To the second part of 42 on a Rope Tonight's adventure of George Valentine Well, it seems that George's curiosity Following his strange encounter with a mysterious girl And a broken string of pearls Has landed him in a tight spot For minutes now, Baptiste and Nubin Have been questioning George and Claire until I've told you everything I know This girl, this Dale Quellon, made me look silly So I came here for an explanation Now I feel even sillier
7: You have come here looking for something So have we Naturally, we are all sincere people. Perhaps we can help one another, uh, Monsieur...
2: Uh... Valentine, George Valentine. And that depends on what we're looking for.
7: Naturally. Pink pearls, no? Forty-two on a rope, is it not?
6: We're looking for Dale Quillen, remember?
7: Naturally. Because when we find Miss Quillen, Baptiste Lavon also finds his pearls, n'est-ce pas? I wouldn't know. Who's Baptiste Lavon? Oh, my apology. It-, it is I.
2: Oh, I see. Well, what makes a string of phony oyster fruit so important anyway? Phony? <laughs> I do not know this phony. Ringers, fakes, dupes.
6: Artificial, counterfeit, paste.
7: Ah, the replicas. You refer to this fraudulent string, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. Where'd you get them? Uh, they were left by Miss Quillen at the checkroom of the Union Station. She sent me the claim check. At the same time, no doubt, boarding a train for some distant city.
6: Why would she do that?
7: Because they are worthless. Good imitations, no more. Value, perhaps
2: $300. As you say, phony. You're trying to say she pulled a switch on you? Ran off with the real pearls, your pearls, and left you the ringers? That is correct. As always,
7: Baptiste Lavon was sincere. I trusted her with 42 exquisite gems. Gems collected by no other than Louis XIV to give to his Antoinette.
2: Tell me, Lavon, where did you get hold of Marie Antoinette's choker?
7: Ah, spoils of war, Monsieur Valentine. As an officer of the Vichy government in France, my job was to appraise and catalog war prizes for the victorious Nazis. Naturally, the sincerity and integrity of Baptiste Lavon were above approach.
2: Naturally? So you held out the match picks? (laughs) Naturally.
7: Oh, when the fortunes of war were reversed, Baptiste Lavon reversed too. Uh, Miss Quillen came to Paris with an entertainment unit, and uh, we became uh, friends
6: she smuggled them into the States for you.
7: Well, that is correct. That'll teach you not to be so sincere. Are you kidding? Well, hello. Now, uh, you are friends with Miss Quiller. You see my predicament? Uh, I must know where she is. You will tell me?
2: I've told you. I don't even know the girl.
7: Your mode of entry contradicts you. You are her confederate. We are not quite fools here. Yeah, we ain't no dupes, you know. You do not help navin well, mm, they're stubborn. Now you may take the men apart. The girl
4: adores him. She will weaken first. You may proceed. Yeah. I'll loosen him up first with my belt. Then I'll get technical.
6: No, don't. He doesn't know anything.
4: Let go of my arm, lady.
6: Stop it. Let him alone, you fool. Can't you see he doesn't know anything? She
7: won't let go, Baptiste. Hey, I would advise you to do as not been said.
2: Where? Well, better sit this one out, honey. I won't let them...
7: Who's that? Uh, I don't know. It seems to be a messenger of some sort... with a package. Package? I will not insult your intelligence by warning you to keep quiet. Answer it, Novin. Yeah.
8: I've got a package you're addressed to, uh, Handsome. <laughs> handsome, that's all the name it's got.
4: That's me. I'm Handsome. You? Are you sure? You're kidding? Give me the package.
8: Well, can you uh, identify yourself?
4: You. Take a good look at me. Now, wouldn't you say I was handsome?
8: Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, sir.
4: You got pretty eyes, too. Okay, give me the package and dust. <laughs> handsome, isn't it? This is surely not nubbin.
7: Nor is it Baptiste Lavon. Handsome then is Monsieur Valentine. No, oh, no, not me. No, it's Oh, not. yes, Monsieur Valentine. I will open the package for
4: you. They're not here. It's nothing but
7: a map. Yes, but a large map of the city with four small crosses marked on it. And these words, X marks the spot. But there are four X's. Yeah. One at High and 23rd. And one at Elm and Valley. And 14th and Underhill. And Castan and Granite. Four spots marked with X. What does this mean,
2: Mr. Valentine? Well, how should I Oh, no.
6: go ahead, handsome. Tell them. They'll find out anyway.
2: What? What are you... Oh, yeah, Okay. Well, it's obvious, isn't it? She planted the 42 real pearls in different places. So even if you found one hideout, she'd still have three quarters of them hidden away at other places. Excellent.
7: You know these hiding places? Naturally. Excellent. We will all go hunting. Nubbin, the young lady, you and I, and the gun. Please do not forget the gun. The <laughs> gun.
2: The first stop, Costa and Granite.
7: Where am I gonna park? Pull up to the curve now in letting us out. Then drive around the block and pick us up here. Okay. Now, where? Where is it? Quickly. I cannot control myself.
2: Well, you see that big office building there? Yes, yes. You see that window up there with the jewelers' sign? <laughs> well, I, I don't see it. Higher. Look higher. No, no. Where is it? No, it's higher yet. That's higher. No. Oh! Come on, Brooksie. run for it. Into that theater. George,
6: we haven't been to a movie in ages. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
9: it's
6: a cartoon. Good, I could stand a laugh.
2: You didn't come in here for a laugh, Broxie. Do
6: you think Lebon saw where we went?
2: I don't know. It's pretty dark in here. Can You see? Oh, little crowd. <laughs> Maybe we'd better take singles.
6: You leave me alone, and I'll scream the place
2: down. Okay, okay. Hey, that looks like two in the middle there. Good. Excuse us, will you? Pardon me. <sighs> I beg your pardon.
6: Oh, this is fine. We can hold hands. Oh, George, are you all right? I think so. <laughs> Shh. Oh, did you see that? That was very funny. The mouse was run over by a steamroller.
2: I know just how he felt. Shh.
6: What's it all about, George? What did those four X's on the map really mean?
2: I don't know, but I'm working on it. You think we're safe in here? Well, there are four X's, and we're right in the Wait a minute. Shh. Quiet, please. I can it, Claire. That's it. The four X's and us in the middle. Shh, quiet. What, you two? No, look, George.
6: There's LeBron coming down the aisle.
2: Yeah, Nubbard's no coming down the other aisle. Oh,
6: I don't think they see us.
2: Let's get out of here.
6: Oh, George. Oh, gosh. Now I'll never know how the mouse got out of the cement mixer. Following us now, George?
2: No, I think we've shaking him. Driver? Yes, sir. Got a map of the city? Yeah. Hey, uh. Good, thanks. Say, pull over to the curb a minute, will you? Sure.
6: What is it, George?
2: I only hope LeVon doesn't figure it out as fast as I did. Hey, you got a pencil, Brooksy? Uh
6: yeah, an eyebrow pencil.
2: Good. Thanks. Hey, now look. You remember the four intersections where the X's were? Yes. Now I fold the paper here and draw a straight line from this X to this X. Fold it again and draw another from here to here.
6: And you get a big X.
2: Yeah, Brooksy. X marks the spot, intersecting at DeLong and King Avenue. And that's where we'll find Miss Dale Quillen.
6: It's you, you made
3: it.
2: Hello. And you did mean me. Of
6: course, who else? I don't believe we've met before. I'm Claire Brooks, George's fiancée.
2: Uh, secretary. Oh, it's
6: practically the same thing. Looking at you, I guess it would be.
2: How'd you know I was in your house? And how'd you know I'd get your message?
3: I knew Baptiste and Nubbin were inside. I was watching from the vacant house across the street. I saw them take you in and knew they'd make it tough for
2: you. What made you think I'd catch that X marks the spot routine?
3: Well, you'd gotten that far with a lot less to go on. Also, I found your business card in your wallet. You're George Valentine, aren't you? Well, perhaps I should introduce you to. I figured you'd know the score because you're a professional troubleshooter. And bother have I got trouble!
2: Well, if you we can be of any now, help. Now
3: wait a minute. Remember the sewer, George. Oh, I'm awfully sorry about that. I was panicked. It it won't happen again. Darn white of you.
2: Come on, let's get away from here. First of all, suppose you tell us what you did with Marie Antoinette's necklace.
3: After you. I, I haven't got it. I don't know where it is.
2: Oh well, that helps a lot. Take off, driver. Anywhere but here. Now, wait a minute. Let me get this. All we know is that you smuggled the pearls into the States. Now you tell us you don't know where they are. Take it from there. I
3: know I had them. LeVon concealed the pearls in a bottle of wine. I saw him do it. They were stuck to the bottom of the bottle with wax so they wouldn't rattle. Then he filled the bottle and sealed the top. I paid customs duty on the wine and got them through. Very
6: smooth. Go on.
3: Well, when I, when I got here, the seal was still unbroken, but... Well, you won't believe this, but when I opened the bottle, the pearls were gone. Somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic, somebody had made a switch.
2: You're telling me the pearls were hijacked from you? It's
3: true, I swear it. But do you think Yvonne would believe that? He'd say I double-crossed him. Men are so skeptical.
6: Do you believe me? Well... Say you do. Say you'll help me.
2: All right, I do and I'll help you.
6: Oh, swell. Now, all we've got to do is find the person who stole the pearls from the girl who smuggled them in for the boy who stole them in the first place. (laughs)
2: It's okay, Dale. This is my office. You'll be safe here.
6: Yes, I'll see to that.
2: Come on in, Claire, and shut the door.
6: Better lock it. Should I swallow the key? Why did we have to stop at the library?
3: Why did you have to take out a book at a time like this?
2: Well, I'll tell you. And listen carefully. LeVon's desperate. We've got to have some answers ready for him before he catches up with
3: us. Well, oh, I have a feeling he's close by. You don't know him like I do. He's closing in on me. I know he is.
2: Look, Dale, look. Keep calm. He's not in the filing cabinet or under the desk. Hey, Brooksy, open the closet door and show Dale he's not in there pointing a gun at her head.
6: Okay. I have a surprise for you. He is.
7: Keep your hands away from that desk, Monsieur Valentine. Back up, please, both of you. Miss Quillen, remain where you are.
3: Oh, no. No, I knew it. I knew it.
7: Face the wall, both of you. Your hands high. Higher. Nubbin? Yeah, Baptiste. Keep them covered. If either one makes a move to interfere, squeeze the trigger twice. I'll do that thing. And that's no gag, Joker. And now, we come to you, chérie, at long last, eh? Baptiste, listen. You've got to listen. You've got to give me a break. You made a fool of Baptiste Lavon once. For that alone, I hate you. Should you do it twice, I would hate myself. No, chérie. Your luck has run out.
3: I didn't double-cross you, Baptiste. I swear I didn't.
7: No? What do you call these? Pearls? You rotten little chick. No,
3: listen, I had them made, but give me a chance, I can explain.
7: No, chérie, they're phonies. Phony like yourself. That teeth
3: the pearls, they were, they were gone when I opened the bottle. Somebody took them, you've got to believe me.
7: You carry the light to the end, eh, chérie? <gasps> Your last chance, my darling. Where are the pearls? I don't know. Don't move. Stay just as you are. I want to remember you like this forever. Bonsoir, chérie. Come on. Quiet, Joker. I know where the pearls are. I said are. quiet. Wait. What was that, Monsieur Valentine? Call
2: off your dog, LeVon. I'm ready to talk. Don't
7: listen, Baptiste. He's a kidder. You can talk, Monsieur Valentine, from where you are. All
2: right. Your story about Marie Antoinette's necklace got me interested in famous jewels. I've been to the library and picked up a book. That's in on my desk there, the red one. Now, go on, open it. To the page I have marked. If this Wait is nothing The
7: A book, yes. Jewels of History.
2: Go on, read it. Read what it says. I am reading.
6: What is it, George?
2: It's Dale's life insurance, Claire. Uh Uh-huh. I have read it.
6: Well.
7: Well, I guess you win, Valentine. Can we put our hands down now, (sighs) Lavon? Of course. Let him alone, Nabin. You have very nearly made a tragic mistake. I thank you, Mr. Valentine. Baptiste Lavon thanks you. I don't get this, Baptiste. Come, Nabin. We've worn out our welcome. Mr. Valentine, we will trouble you no more. You will never see us again. Bonsoir, chérie. Now I will remember you always as you were in Paris.
3: Oh, it was a miracle. That's all it was. Just a miracle. What did you do to him, George? What was in that book?
2: Read it, Claire. Out
0: loud.
6: Oh, yes. Cleopatra's pearl. Cleopatra, to impress Mark Antony, once dissolved a pearl in vinegar and drank it to his health. Dissolved?
2: Now, wait a minute. Listen. Go ahead, Claire.
6: Pearls which consist of carbonate of lime are extremely soluble in weak acids. They will dissolve in vinegar containing 6% or more of acetic acid... Or in wine, which has turned sour. It was the wine that did it. The wine in the bottle. According to the U.S. Bureau of Chemistry and Soils, pearls consist of 91 and 7 tenths percent. Never mind
2: the rest, Claire. That's enough. Well, how do you feel now, Dale? Oh,
6: completely dazed.
2: Levon didn't have an argument in the world. He knew he planted the pearls in that wine bottle himself. He had nobody to blame but himself.
3: I can't believe it. You saved my life and I... Oh,
2: George. Now what?
3: Now I have to go to jail.
2: Well, it's going to be kind of hard to hold you there. Why? Well, technically, since there weren't any pearls in the bottle when you brought it through the customs station, you actually didn't smuggle anything in, even though you meant to. LeVon filched the pearls from the Nazis, but I doubt if any of them will turn up to claim them. No, it was all a wild goose chase for something that simply didn't exist.
3: Well, I'm going to confess my part of it and take what's coming to me. But first, George. Yeah. May I kiss you? <clears> he <throat> saved my life, Miss Brooks. May I? Where I'm going, it'll be a long time between kisses.
6: Well, things aren't much better around here. But... Oh, all right, go ahead. Honestly, I think I must be going loony. Goodbye, George.
2: Uh, Dale, <laughs> just a minute. Yes? Be a nice girl and hand it over. What? Oh, come on, Dale. You certainly haven't forgotten why I got into this in the first place. And if you think I'm going to let you walk out of that door with my wallet, you're loony. <laughs> If your family car is the kind that does all-around duty, like taking mother shopping, dropping the children off at school, picking up father after work, you can't choose your tires too carefully. And that's why I'd like to talk to you tonight about Atlas Grip Safe Tires. The Atlas tire has a specially designed tread that actually grips the road and brings you to a sure, safe stop whenever you apply the brakes. Tomorrow... Ask at your independent Chevron gas station or standard station about the built-in safety features of Atlas tires. Then try them on your car for extra protection and extra riding comfort. Best of all, when you buy an Atlas passenger car tire, you get a written one-year guarantee against the cuts, bruises, and blowouts that threaten the life of ordinary tires. While you're talking tire safety and comfort at the standard station or independent Chevron gas station, ask for those two other motor car friends, Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Motor Oil. (music) Next week, when you tune our way for The Joke Was on the Killer, another adventure of George Valentine, you'll hear George sing. Some joke, I'd say. Brooksie, see what's happened to Mrs. Ralston, will you?
3: Well, sure, George. Glenn, he made me go through with this farce and shoot those blanks.
2: Well, he's not going to do anything like that to you again, Agnes. Wait a minute, listen, everybody. This man is dead. We've had enough of this vicious nonsense. You're part of this, too. This act, Valentine. Now I know it. And you, get up.
6: Oh, leave him alone. Come and help me with Mrs. Ralston, George. Now
2: stop this, all of you. Just what do I have to do to make myself clear? This started out as a joke, but it's no longer funny. This man is completely, hopelessly dead.
1: Stay tuned for Honest Herald next on Theater of the Mind. Time now to go back to 1950 to hear the adventures of Honest Herald. And this episode's entitled Shark Repellent.
8: The Harold Perry Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And now,
5: Harold Perry as Honest Harold the Homemaker. <laughs> Well, here we are in Melrose Springs again where at the moment most of the housewives are listening to their favorite morning radio program Honest Harold, the homemaker. Let's tune in and listen to
10: Honest Harold who is just telling his listeners about his new project. And so girls, let's all get behind this drive for the sunny side of 70 Club a pub house where the old folks can enjoy their leisure time. Ladies, if you can't send cash send us books and old games anything around the house you don't need. Of course, don't send us your husband. <laughs> uh, hello, Gloria.
11: Oh, good morning, Harold.
10: How's the mail for the Sunny Side of Seventy Clubhouse coming in? It's not. <laughs>
11: Golly, Mister Hamp, I'm sorry your campaign to help the old folks isn't going over.
10: Yes, so oh am I, Gloria. Everybody sort of forgets about the old people and how lonesome they must get. I just thought they deserve a clubhouse where they could get together, play games, have some fun in life. Remember the old saying, Gloria? The years pass silently, but old age creaks up on you. Uh.
11: Gee, someday I'll be old. Hmm? I'll have children, then grandchildren, then great-grandchildren. Oh, what'll I do?
10: Well, I'd get married first.
11: (laughs) Think I should, Harold? <laughs> uh,
10: <laughs> yes, when the proper young fellow comes along. Oh? Yeah. Speaking of proper young fellows, how is our dear boss, Stanley Peabody, this morning? Oh, him? Yeah, I know what you mean. Why is it with all the nice radio station managers in the country we had to get that pickle face? Is that you, Hemp? Oh, hello, pickle face. I mean, Peabody. <laughs>
5: Oh, Hemp, Uh? I just received the results of the intelligence test we gave our employees
2: here at the radio station Uh? Just thought you'd like to know, you came out at the top of your classification Well, did you hear that, Gloria? The top, eh? Yes, you're the
10: smartest moron working here (laughs) (laughs) Hyena, smartest moron
11: Gee, you came in first, I came in sixth (laughs)
10: Well, I guess I didn't do so bad after all (laughs) See you later, Gloria Hmm, a lot of traffic today Four cars and a bicycle Guess I'll cross the street here Watch out where you're going out-of-state license
8: Careful there, Sinatra What? Oh, it's old Doc Yak Yak You like a boy scout to help you across the street, madame? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Very funny, you old horse doctor Well, I'd rather be doctoring a horse than most people I know Present company accepted Why, yes, of course How is the veterinary business, Doc? Well, just getting back from a house call Jeff Peters' cow is ailing Oh? Sinus trouble Yes (laughs) (laughs) Well, is it serious? Couldn't tell It was kind of hard to examine her Hmm? Jeff was milking her at the same time (laughs) (laughs) What's new with you, crooner?
10: What's your latest crusade? Well, it's not exactly a crusade, Doc But I am campaigning for that sunny side of 70 Recreation Hall Oh, yeah, I heard about that It's all right, my boy But people
8: are always worrying about people It's Mm -hmm. about time somebody started worrying about animals What? Well, animals get old, too, you know Now, Doc You never heard of a home for elderly gophers? (laughs) (laughs) Why, that's silly Nobody ever started a pension plan for Cocker Spaniels over 60 Oh, Doc What about a recreation hall for our old four-legged friends? You never saw two cows playing canasta?
10: Yeah Go vaccinate a mule, will you, Doc? <laughs> you, Mother, I'm home.
6: Oh, hello, Harold. Did you have a nice day?
10: Well, pretty good, Mother. Uh...
6: Oh, and I have a wonderful surprise, Harold. We're having a guest for dinner.
10: A guest? Who?
6: Well, he came to the door to sell me something. He was such a nice man. And we got to talking, and he said he hadn't had a home-cooked meal for so long.
10: But you don't know anything about him, Mother. Why, he might turn out to be a crook or something.
8: Oh, he couldn't be dishonest with a name he has.
10: Oh, what is his name?
8: Sincere Sam Smith.
10: Oh. Oh, brother. <laughs> now, Harold,
11: Mr. Smith is a very honest man, I can
6: tell. Oh? He has especially large earlobes.
10: Large earlobes? Mm-hmm. Oh, mother.
6: <laughs> oh, you can always judge people by
10: their earlobes. Mother, it's wonderful to be sweet and trusting, but you're much too gullible. It's a good thing you've got me to protect you from these shady characters. Eh? Yeah, probably him now. I'll take care of him sincere, Sam Smith. but he's a real slicker. Probably wears two-toned shoes. i better have a peek at him first. Mm, I'll say he's got large earlobes. Looks like a bloodhound.
9: <laughs>
10: well, that won't fool me. Yes?
2: Good evening, Mr. Hemp. Good evening. It's a pleasure to meet you.
10: Smooth. <laughs> Let me shake your hand. Better take my Elk's ring off first. So you're the man I've heard so much about. What? You're
2: Honest Harold the Homemaker. Mr. Hemp, I have a favor to ask of you. You won't get a cent out of me. I wonder if I could have your autograph. Huh? You know, you're quite a celebrity with me, Mr. Hemp. I can honestly say that as a radio performer, you're far better than Arthur Godfrey. Yeah. Say it's too bad that you're not on television Hmm? I didn't realize you were so handsome Uh... Has anyone ever told you you
10: look like George Rav? Well, we both use stay home (laughs) Mr. Smith, won't you come in? Oh, thank you Please sit down, Mr. Smith Mother will be right in Fine well, he looks nice and honest. He does have a fine pair of earlobes. <laughs> Mr. Smith, mother tells me you're a salesman. Oh, I I do that as a sort of hobby. Mm. I love to meet people,
2: you know. I'm, I'm really an oil man, retired. Oh, I see. But uh, just to keep active, I've been merchandising this very useful
7: household gadget. Household gadget? Well, what is it? Well, it's a special kind
2: of powder... It's very handy if you ever have to make a forced landing in the middle of the ocean.
10: Hmm? It repels sharks. (laughs) (laughs) Repels sharks, eh? Well, that sounds like a handy thing to have around the kitchen, all right. (laughs) How are they selling?
2: They're not too well, Honest Harold. Oh? I bought a whole carload of them, too. War surplus, you see? I guess I'm just an old country boy But I couldn't stand to see the government My government
10: Stuck with all that shock repellent
9: (laughs) Well, say,
10: you're a real patriot, sincere Sam Oh, I try
2: to be Mm -hmm. But you, you are the real humanitarian I am Yes, that's a wonderful idea you have The sunny side of 70 clubhouse It's too bad you're having trouble raising that money Well... Honest Harold, I like you. I like your face. Oh, it's just a face. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to raise that money for you. You are? Yes, indeed. All you have to do is to sell my shark repellent powder over your radio program. And you can keep 25 cents out of every dollar for your clubhouse. Gosh, how can I ever thank you? I'm glad to do it. There's just one thing, Honest Harold... Uh, if we're going into this partnership, I'll have to ask you to put up a bond of
10: $50. A bond? Well, uh, don't you trust me? Of course, yes. Personally, I trust you 100%. But we have to protect the old folks. Say, that's pretty thoughtful of you, sincere Sam. Yeah. Just a minute here. I'll get my wallet. Yeah, there you are. Thank you. May I have my wallet back now?
9: <laughs> oh. Excuse
10: me. <laughs> <laughs> Say thanks
2: for the money, and, uh, and now I want to give you something. Uh? Here is a free sample of
10: my shark repellent powder. Well, thanks, but I don't really need it. A shark would have to be pretty smart to catch me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And before signing off this morning, dear listeners I want to thank you all for the way you've been sending in your dollars For our shark repellent powder Remember, 25 cents of every dollar Goes toward outfitting the sunny side of 70 Clubhouse And by the way People are having a lot of fun finding ways to use this powder It shines in the dark, you know Clem Bagues put some on his beard And now he can read in bed at night Without turning on the (laughs) nightlight His wife likes it, too But seriously, folks You're just about the kindest, nicest people I know. I love those dear hearts and gentle people Who live in my hometown Because those dear hearts and gentle people Will never, ever let you down They read the good book From Friday till Monday That's how the weekend goes I've got a dream house I'll build there one day With picket fence and rambling roads I feel so well come, it's time that I return, that my happy heart keeps laughing like a clown, I love the dear hearts and gentle people who live and love in my home Three hundred and forty Three hundred and forty-one 341. All through counting the money, honest Harris? Yeah, almost sincere, Sam. Just have to figure up the small change. <sighs> 342, 340. 34- Oop. Canadian dime. <laughs> it's been floating around town ever since that bagpipe band from Toronto was up here. <laughs> $342.90. That is wonderful. And we still have one more day to go Say, it. this is a lot of money, sincere Sam Don't you think we ought to put it in the hotel safe here? Oh,
2: no <laughs> I think it would be safer here in the hotel room uh, with me You do? Yes I don't trust the manager uh-huh. Ever notice?
10: No earlobes No <laughs> You can't take chances with a man like that Yes, you're right It's a good thing we got you looking after the money, sincere Sam. Well, thank you, Honest Harold.
2: Hemp, come into my office.
10: Uh, What is it, Stanley, old man? Hemp. I want to talk to you about this shark repellent powder. I'd like to sprinkle some on him. I've just been thinking. Always bragging. Yes, Stanley. If anything should happen to all this money you've taken in, you know this station is liable. Huh? What about this character, Sincere Sam? Are you sure he's honest? One of the most honest men I ever met, Stanley. Relax. This shark powder sounds fishy to me. <laughs> made it funny
9: <laughs>
10: Looks to me like Sincere Sam has pulled the wool over your eyes No, I'm just wearing my bangs kind of low today, Sam.
2: <laughs> em,
10: you're such a sheep Sheep? Are you sure this Sincere Sam hasn't been fleecing you? Stanley, if it'll make you feel any better I'll call good old Sam and have him bring the money over right now Gloria, get me the Antler Hotel Stanley, you're gonna feel awfully ashamed of yourself Hello? Antler Hotel? I'd like to speak to Sincere Sam Smith please Hmm. I'll wait. Calling me a sheep, Stanley. Shame. Hello. What's that? Since Sir Sam is gone, he checked out. Well, Hemp. What have you got
2: to say? Bad. <laughs>
5: We'll return for the second act of our story, Honest Harold, in just a moment. The National Guard is now beginning its 1950 recruiting drive. 220,000 men are needed to reach the desired quota. Why not stop in at your local National Guard recruiting office and learn the full details? To keep America prepared, the National Guard needs you now, today. And by the way, don't miss Harold Perry's important announcement at the end of our show. And now back to Honest Harold, the homemaker. Well, Honest Harold is learning that large earlobes may hide a dishonest heart. For the great philanthropist, sincere Sam Smith, has left town with the money raised for the sunny side of Seventy Club. Right now, Harold is in Stanley Peabody's office on the carpet. But I just can't understand it, Stanley. There must be some mistake. There is, hemp. And you made it. And it just
2: goes to prove what I've always said. You're an incompetent, idiotic, bungling, uh,
10: stupid? Yes. Stupid don't. (laughs) You're so right, Stanley, and I let all those people down. They'll never get the clubhouse now, and all those nice people who send in their dollars, and that Canadian with his dime. (laughs) Well, you've got more than that to worry about. I hate to do this, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to turn this whole matter over to the police. You mean they'll put sincere Sam in jail? Oh, mother's gonna be very upset about that. Well, she won't have to be. You'll be there with him.
9: <laughs>
10: Stanley, you wouldn't do that. I'm sorry, Hemp. But it's my duty to protect the reputation of this station. Stanley, give me a chance. For old time's sake. Remember the office party last Christmas in the dark under the mistletoe Stanley? You thought I was Gloria till you felt my mustache. <laughs> This is no time for sentiment,
5: Harold. (laughs) Now, honest,
2: Harold, I'll give you just 24 hours to get that money back. 24 hours? And if you don't, you'll be going up the river. Up the
10: river? Gosh, he's throwing me to the sharks and I sold out all that powder.
11: (laughs) I guess it's no use, Harold. We've called almost every town around here... And there's no sign of sincere Sam.
10: Uh, uh, Yes, Gloria, but I just got to find him.
11: Well, all right. I'll try another town.
10: Good old Gloria. Uh,
11: Call the hotel in Honkerville. Uh. Operator, get me Honkerville 13, please.
10: Uh, uh, uh,
11: Hello, Honkerville Plaza? (laughs) Just a moment, please. Here's your party, Harold.
10: Yeah, thank you. Hello, desk clerk? I said desk clerk. Hmm, Must be deaf. Did a stranger check into your hotel lately? He did? And he wore a frock coat? Patent leather shoes? Duck Bill haircut? When did you see him last? 1905. <laughs> oh. <laughs> William Jennings Bryan?
9: <laughs>
10: oh, my goodness. What? No, I'm not going to vote for him. Goodbye.
11: <laughs>
9: oh,
10: brother, it's no use, Gloria. We failed.
11: Excuse me, Harold. Uh? Station KHJP. What? What? Oh, thank you.
10: What is it, Gloria?
11: Oh, that was the hotel in Sigmund City. Sincere Sam just checked in there. Oh,
10: Gloria, you're wonderful. And... <laughs>
11: Why, Harold, you kissed me. Does that mean we're engaged?
10: Gloria, for heaven's sake, I'm in enough trouble now. <laughs> fast now. I'll get Pete, the town marshal, and we'll dash over and slip the handcuffs on sincere Sam Smith before he knows it. We'd better hurry, though. He's pretty slippery. He's liable to sneak out of Sigmund City before we get there. Hope the marshal's in. Good. There he is.
12: Marshal, i got to see you right away. Just a minute, Harold. I'm on the phone. Now, what was that again, Miss Crocker? You you want a dog license? Uh, Pete, this is urgent. And now, you just have to wait your turn. Oh. Now, Miss Crocker... <laughs> I'll have to fill out a form. Uh, What's the dog's name? Geraldine. Well, now that's a cute name. Yeah, let me write that down. Cute names. And what's the dog's age? Uh Uh-huh. Married or
9: single?
12: (laughs) I must have the wrong form. (laughs) Oh, brother. Look here, Pete. I'm in a hurry. Yeah, well, I'll take care of it, Miss Crocker. Goodbye. Now... What can I do for you, Harold? How is your mother? Did you get over a rheumatism? Uh, yes,
10: Marshal. I want to report a robbery. A robbery?
12: Okay, we'll have to fill out a form. What? <laughs> Where did I put that? Here it is. <laughs> form kind of dusty.
9: <coughs> Pete.
12: All right, I'm ready. Name, please. Oh,
10: for heaven's sake! You've known me for twenty years. I'm Harold Hemp.
12: Let me write that down. H-A-R-O-L-D, hemp. Sounds like a nickel
10: cigar. <laughs> Pete, will you stop that writing? I want to talk to you. Look at me. You need to shave, boy. <laughs> I want you to help me, Pete. I want you to arrest a man named Sincere Sam Smith. Sincere
12: Sam Smith. Let me write that down.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Will you hurry it up while we're standing here talking? He's absconding with my $343. $343.
12: Let me write that down. (laughs) Oh, Nellie, now
10: I've got to start all over. What's the matter now? I forgot to put in some carbon paper. (laughs) Oh. Pete, you're the slowest, most inefficient, most aggravating bungler I ever saw. Besides that, you're an old foof. Let me write
12: that down.
9: Hey,
10: how do you spell foof? F-O... Never mind. I'll do it myself. Goodbye. Yeah, that marshal's a big help. Well, I'll drive over to Sigmund City and catch sincere Sam myself. My little old Essex will get me there in no time. Oh, here we are. Uh, uh. Oh, <laughs> gotta get that seat spring fixed. Come on, Essie. Ah, there she goes. <laughs> Darn it. Same old trouble. Chicken feathers in the gasoline. I won't buy another gallon of gas from Charlie till he gets rid of those leghorns. Oh, poor Essie's got asthma. No, what am I going to do? Wonder where I can borrow a car. Hey there, lover boy. Having motor car trouble again? Oh, Doc, in that silly horse and buggy. Oh, there, Silver Moon. <laughs> Silver Moon, she looks like she's in an eclipse.
8: Uh, say, Harold, I just heard you're in a little trouble. That uh, sincere fella skipped out on you, huh? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I warned you about trusting human beings Now, if you'd have given that money to a chipmunk yeah, All right, Doc I'm in a hurry Oh, where are you going? Sigmund City i got to catch some Seer Sam Oh, a manhunt Well, you better get there in a hurry I know that Well, Harold, I wouldn't do this for everybody But since speed is of the essence I'm going to let
10: you take my horse and buggy Oh, that's real nice of you, Doc But I want to get there this week <laughs> Why, Silver Moon's the fastest buggy horse in town She's the only buggy horse in town
8: Well, if you want to split horse hairs yeah. <laughs> uh, She's a fine animal, though, front
10: and back It's not her front and back that worries me, Doc It's that sag in the middle
9: <laughs>
10: That's where you ought to put the buggy
9: Oh,
8: now you've to hurt her feelings, Harold huh? Oh, he didn't mean it, Silver Moon <laughs> Oh, my goodness Doc, I appreciate your offer Okay, but... Harold, it's your loss Silver Moon's got a fine background Ex-polo pony, ex-race horse Used to be a cavalry horse, First World War Went over the top at Chateau
10: Thierry How does he ever get over the top with that beer belly?
8: Oh, well, come on, Silver Moon I guess we're not wanted here Doc,
10: wait a minute, I'll take your offer Silver Moon ought to be able to make it a Sigmund City It's all downhill Oh Come on, help me in this buggy. uh right, now watch, watch the step. Uh,
8: There you are.
10: Giddy-up, Silver Moon. (laughs) So long, Doc. So long, Harold. Watch out for speed, cop. Say, runs like a racehorse at that. Look at that knee action. (laughs) This is better than my Essex, no shifting. (laughs) Come on, Silver Moon, we'll get to Sigmund City before... Uh Uh-oh, Lumberyard's on fire again. (laughs) Silver Moon, what are you stopping for? Oh, she's turning around. I better hang on. Silver Moon, you're going the wrong way.
8: Hi, Harold. You back already? Doc, <laughs> where's this racehorse going? She's heading for the lumberyard. I forgot to tell you. Used to be a fire horse, too.
9: Oh. <laughs>
10: Silver Moon! Oh, shut up. <laughs> Honest Harold, you're through. You stalled around all day and now sincere Sam has checked out of that hotel in Sigmund City. The sunny side of 70 Club ruined by a shady character. I'm sorry I let all you old folks down. Please forgive me, old friends. I was trying to do the right thing. Guess you'll never have that clubhouse now. And it's all my fault. Honest Harold Hemp. I despise you. You deserve to go to jail. This is going to be a great blow to my mother, her only son in the penitentiary.
8: (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Mother. I'm home been wondering where you were, Harold. And there's someone here waiting for you.
10: Who is it, J. Edgar Hoover? Did I hear somebody come in? Why, hello, Honest Harold. Sincere Sam. Where you been, boy? Where have I been? Now, look here, Sincere
2: Sam. I what? took a little trip, Honest Harold, over to Sigmund City. And I took our money along and I bought out the sporting goods section of the hardware store.
11: And but... you should have seen the things he brought back, Harold. All kinds of games. Horseshoes, shuffleboard. What? Yes,
2: yes. Yes. For the Sunnysiders Clubhouse. I kind of lost my head, I guess. You know, I even spent $50 of my own money there. You can't do too much for the old folks, you know. (laughs) Well. Honest, Harold, I I hope you weren't worried
10: today about the money.
2: Worried? No.
10: (laughs) As a matter of fact, I took the day off and watched the lumberyard burn down. Yeah. (laughs)
5: You have just heard the Harold Perry show, Honest Harold, who will return to you in just a moment with that very important message. The supporting players tonight included Ken Peters, Catherine Card, Polly Bayer, and featured Gloria Holiday as Gloria, Joseph Kearns as Old Doc Yak Yak, and Art Baker as Sincere Sam. Norman McDonald directed, and the music was composed and conducted by Jack Meekin. Honest Harold, created by Harold Perry, was written by Gene Stone, Jack Robinson, and Dick Powell. Now back to Honest
10: Harold. You know, Bob, I'm hunting for a laughing lady, someone we can invite to appear on our show. And what's more, fun than laughing, Bob. And for the lady with a lucky laugh, there's going to be plenty of fun. Because when we find her, we're going to put her on a TWA Constellation and fly her to Hollywood, where she'll be my guest at the beautiful Country Club Hotel for a whole week here in Hollywood. And if we can lure her away from the swimming pool, she's to appear with us on the Harold Perry show.
5: And all a gal has to do for that vacation
10: is just laugh? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And her laugh will enter in the Honest Harold Laugh Contest, and it begins right in her hometown. That's your invitation, girls.
5: If that big laugh contest is being conducted in your city, enter, and you may be here with us some Wednesday night.
10: Come on, girls. Let's all laugh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The six Shooter, followed by Life with Luigi. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.